Hello, and welcome to episode 170 of Reviews from the Crawl Space. Realistically, it's our second to last episode of the main part of the collection. This is We're, we're, we're in to the final few here. It's a, yeah. I don't know what we have to decide what we're going to do. There's probably going to be an episode or two of like loose bits, just extra bits that are there, and maybe dip into a little bit of the... Um, you know, the few stragglers that have been given to us since this collection. But yeah, we're into the, the, the home stretch here. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I yeah, it's... Bummed yeah. It, you know, it, it's been our purpose for the last five years. Five Every years, yeah. It was, uh, we started out, once again, if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, we've been reviewing three vinyl from an inherited collection. Um, we pulled at random. We don't, like, curate them really in any way when we go to review them and yeah we've been doing it for five years started out doing youtube videos it was uh, originally there and then very very briefly it was a giant pain in the ass soundcloud to edit all that stuff so then yes soundcloud and then we realized soundcloud was going to be really expensive and then we found anchor and that just let us propagate to a bunch of different places spotify apple all Google, of Google like, all every, everywhere. Stitcher. Yeah, exactly. Like the so, ever, pretty much everywhere you can find. So yeah, we kind of it kind of evolved over time. Like it's always been three albums, but the way we've done it has definitely evolved, and the information I think is yeah, gotten I think, better. I think once we started uh, with um, Anchor. Anchor, yeah, because it, it's become weekly. It become that's right before, before it was, then it was like hit, very yeah, sporadic hit and, and miss especially we're doing video it'd be like one a month essentially yeah yeah it, it was gonna take was, forever that was tough just the whole setup and then doing it and then you having to edit it and add <laughs> stuff and, and then or then like fix it because it's out of sync constantly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was it was definitely a, a grind and we even bought like extra equipment for it so we could have a, like a studio set up yeah. so we could record it. It's just Which like, we haven't really used since. Not used since and, and, and since then it's just been like, okay, <laughs> we're just going to do, we're just going to do this. We can just sit in our underwear and, and drink, have a drink, which is just water, but, and, and talk about it instead of having to be on screen and how do I look like shit today? And yeah, I didn't have to put on any makeup or yeah. fancy clothes or. Can see, can see ourselves balloon up and slim down during the seasons. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's just a couple left, and um, uh, usual usual places you can find all of our past episodes and and album covers at um, at RFTCS one on Twitter, and just reviews from the crawl space is one word on Instagram, and the links to all the stuff there. You can see everything that we've done. Yeah, so there you go. So the format's going to change. Probably in some yeah, way, we'll, shape, or form. Yeah, and pretty much no matter what we're doing, we're probably we're going to change it. Like we're not, we're we not sure. Realistically, there's no, we can't. I mean, we could keep going with music, but I don't think we're going to. I think we're going to stick stick with something. And something you had mentioned before. We're probably going to shift towards movies. Yeah. Just because we, we have of, a huge DVD collection. We have yeah, we have a large DVD and HD DVD collection. So we're kind of like. It's kind of like the evolution of we've gone through vinyl. Okay, well now, I mean, we're kind of skipping over VHS, but we'll go we'll go to DVDs and then kind of we'll go through our DVD collection and and we'll kind of do the same thing. We won't curate them. They're I have never sorted our DVDs out in any oh, meaningful God, way. No. no, I just know where they are in, in no. the in the the mess. And the good news is, is there's some music ones. There's a lot of music DVDs. There in are. There. Yeah, we have a whole whole row of uh, music DVDs if we wanted to do that before we get into I was going to say yeah maybe we should do those first yeah kind of as a, as a gap our bridge the gap kind yeah, of thing yeah yeah and then uh, start out on the other movies okay, okay. there you go you're listening to us hash hash out what we're going to do in the future <laughs> so what do you have potentially. for us potentially potentially so what do you have for us all right so today we have um, oh that's Douglas I am Douglas and she know by, she would know by now it's, yeah. like, it's like the last just in case <laughs> just in case it's their first time case they're virgin listening to our podcast and like i said we're not going to just end it's just it's just there will be a different no shift and there might be a bit of a break yeah. in there we're not quite just sure about we kind that of like either hash out the formatting and but what um, we're gonna do yeah i think okay. times are changing yeah it's time to we're still going to be called the same reviews yeah everything's the same, yeah, everything will be the same that way yeah so, same locations and then we'll and just hopefully shift. you'll like the new stuff that we put out for you yeah well. all right today First album up, Fleetwood Mac, Behind the Mask. Second album, Edgar, Edgar Winter's White Trash. Uh, Self-titled album. Yeah. Uh, third one up, Ian Dury, 
new boots and panties. Yeah. Um, well, we got, I think we got the whole Ian Dury collection in there now. Just no, actually, we don't. But got quite a bit of some it. surprising information about this album. <laughs> I, I will admit. Okay, Fleetwood Mac behind the mask. Mm-hmm. So this is our fourth Fleetwood Mac album that we reviewed. We reviewed their uh, Black Magic Woman from 1971 in episode 29, and that episode or that version of the band was very different from the one that we know today. Yeah, it was like just one one or two of the guys. Wasn't it Mick, yeah, it, wasn't it I, Mick on drums? And yeah. um, that might have been it. And actually. their sound was totally different. Yeah, totally, yeah. We also did the Fleetwood Mac album in 1975 on episode 42. And we also did Rumors from 1977 in episode 107. So two good ones there. Mm-hmm. So British-American... Were, Fleetwood Mac were a British-American rock band formed in 1967. In the beginning, they were primarily a blues band. Uh, Christine Perfect uh, joined the band as a session musician in 1970, later married John McVie and called herself Christine McVie. Hmm. Then, in 1974, they were joined by American folk rock duo Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. They gave the band a more pop sound and became the Fleetwood Mac that we know today. They sold more than 120 million copy records worldwide, making them one of the world's best-selling bands. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998. So that is really the shortened, sweet version of Fleetwood Mac. Not a lot of stuff there. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Behind the Mask was the 15th studio album released in 1990. It was the first album after the departure of guitarist Lindsey Buckingham, although he did play acoustic guitar on the album's title track. Uh, He was replaced by Billy Burnett and Rick Vito, both guitar players and singer-songwriters. The album was not as successful as its predecessor, nor did it spawn any big hit singles, although Save Me made both American and Canadian top 40 lists. While Love is Dangerous and Sky's the Limit enjoyed some airplay uh, on the record, mm-hmm. on the radio. On the radio, yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, though Behind the Mask was, Mask barely reached the U.S. top 40, or top 20, it entered the U.K. charts at number one and achieved platinum status there. The original CD release for this album was one of the first to be encoded with the CD and G format. <laughs> which allows graphics to be shown on a TV screen in time to the music, such as pictures and lyrics. Talk about a thing that went nowhere. Oh, nowhere. No, no, no. And computers, were they even really a thing back then? 90s. So how the hell? They were were starting to, so, I mean. How would you play a disc on your TV back then? Well, it it depends. It didn't necessarily come out in 1990, that technology, though. Is that what it said? No, no, it... This uh, whatever album, whatever date they put this album on. That's right? that's when that disc came out. I, I, I'm with you. In 1990, I don't know if they had that ability. 1990, yeah. Unless it could play on your CD player, but like like you said, why in 1990? Who's got anything hooked up to? Yeah, precisely. I, I'm with you. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe the CD was put out later. That's what I'm saying because yeah. like even Nine Inch Nails did that with Downward Spiral. They had a, a CD and a, a DVD audio, so you could do the same thing. They You'd have lyrics or whatever pictures. They yeah. would have uh, the Nine Inch Nails photos, or you would have like some concert. But like, yeah. So I, that's what I mean about okay. that. Must have come along a few years later. Not, not not that long later, but a couple years later. But interesting. Yeah. Um, Primus, I think, did that too with Tales from the Punch Bowl. The album came out to very mixed reviews. Yeah. All Music gave it 1.5 stars out of 5. I think All Music's review is perfect of this album. And uh, it was the lowest rating that they'd ever given to Fleetwood Mac. You know, they kind of thought that Lindsey Buckingham's departure really was a blow. Yeah. And the songs were the least inspired the band has ever recorded. Which, yeah, you would agree. I, I 100% yeah. like that. They're, they're right up there. I could have just copied that and called it and called it my own because like it just exactly summarizes that album. It's just, it's just like... 
Well, let's get it. Now I want to get into the review. Yeah, right and there now. were favorable, favorable reviews. Oh, yeah. Rolling Stone couldn't wait to chortle her cocks for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's terrible. I, did you ever read that Rolling Stone review for this album? It's, uh-uh. It made me fucking laugh. It's Come on, guys. It's just We get it. You're Fleetwood Mac fans, but fuck off. <laughs> Be <Yeah>. objective. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Producer Greg Ladanyi. 198 producing credits to his name. And considering that it's only 198, he's been on the podcast before. Oh. With Jackson Brown Holdout, David Lindley and Al Rayo win this record. Don Henley's I Can't Stand Still and Don Henley's uh, Building the Perfect Beast. Hmm, he's got a sound then. He's got a Earl. He, he's got a, yeah, a style that he likes to yeah. do because some of those albums are really similar. Uh, he's also produced albums for Warren Zevon, Phoebe Snow, and Dolly Parton. Track listing on this album, side A, Sky's the Limit, uh, which was a single, Love is Dangerous, In the Back of My Mind, which was also a single, yep. Do You Know, Save Me, single, Affairs of the Heart, When the Sun Goes Down, side B, Behind the Mask, Stand on the Rock, Hard Feelings, single, Freedom, When It Comes to Love, and The Second Time. Runtime on this album, 5426. 54. This thing was so fucking crammed. Oh my God. But it's the funny though. Longest 54 minutes of your life. For sure, but you can tell you're getting. Oh, yeah, no question. But you're getting into the 90s, and it's funny because when you start getting into the 90s, if you go look, because like, well, we're we're waiting for you to before we started this. I was listening to Beastie Boys' "Ill Communication." That's like an hour and ten. Like into the 90s albums, uh, Downward Spiral, like I talked about earlier, any of the Tool albums, we're talking all clocking in over an hour. So yeah. you're kind of seeing that because you not, don't have to worry about putting on vinyl anymore. It's CDs, so CDs yeah. can hold way fucking more. Yeah, yeah, because they pretty much did away with vinyl. In the 90s, they was yeah. they were dead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, it was just it was kind of interesting that like, this one clocks in at almost an hour. So an hour of just like pure fucking rubbish. It's brutal. <laughs> it really is. It's it sucks because that that. That article that All Music wrote was exactly it. it. It's it truly is soulless. They've had everything ripped out, and it's just it seems like it's such a procedural album. They <clears> only <throat> did two more after this. Like Stevie Nicks doesn't even she, she doesn't and even she sound like the she left the band after this. After this, yeah, she yeah. doesn't sound like she wants to be there. Yeah. Like she's not doing her normal thing because in her mind she's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna go do my own album, go on tour and shit, and actually yeah. have some fun instead yeah. of hanging out with these, you know, these assholes again." One of the assholes left, and I agree. There's something definitely missing from uh, from Lindsey Buckingham leaving. Like yeah. it's just a weird gap. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guitarist that they got in there, yeah, and this is, is really fucking good. At this good. point, I think he's in the process of suing the band for uh, fiduciary yeah, some, malfeasance or yeah, something they, like that. Yeah. So yeah. So for context, the before album was 1987's Tango in the Night. And the after album was 1995's Time. So, again, there's a big gap between, a couple of year gap between yeah. this album and, like, the before album and the next album. The yeah, after album. for sure. Yeah, there's a, there was a bit of a gap. And, like, I, I think, well, obviously the one before that, I think even Time, the one after it was probably both, both better albums or better received anyway. Yeah. What did you think of it? You know, the first time I just, I thought, like you, I thought, oh gosh, this is very boring. and It is one tone, one speed, and, really. Um, but the the more we listened to it through this week and even today while we were doing the research, I kind of thought, hey, this isn't so bad. I mean, it's no rumors. It's the it's worst no Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. What Fleetwood Mac album is worse than this? Which one? None of them. None of them are worse than this one. This is fucking terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, but I don't, I didn't mind the album. It's just so mediocre to anything they've done in the past. It, to me, it sounds like, we talked about it before, it's an album out of time. It sounds like an album that was made in 1988, 87, and they just released it in 1990. And I just think about 1990, all the other music shit that was going on and how fucking out of date. Because I guarantee you that next album they do sounds like it was made in 1995. Well, and I, <laughs> I really think that this is kind of, um, you know, Fleetwood Mac has... You know, broken up, got back together, and and even after yes. these albums, yeah. when with people leaving, they like Chris, Christy McVie, um, people still came back, well, yeah, and they, they went on tour, and that's okay. But I really think that this is like the swan song of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, you know, the last realistically... sputter of 
what's left. Of what's left of their creative juices, I guess. Yeah, and what's sad too is side one, you have Sky's the Limit and then Love is Dangerous, and that's really all the album has to offer, I think. Um, it's funny, there's a song called In, In the Back of My Mind, which starts off with this really slow, kind of boring, almost like industrial in intro, which I wouldn't be too bad with, but on this album, it just feels like, especially at 52 minutes or whatever, it feels like time filler. It's fucking crazy, but as the song goes on, it reminds me, actually, there's that, that one, and... There's another one, Save Me. I actually have would be great in 90s kind of like low budget or B movies because they're not good songs at all, but they just sound like songs that would be running over title or end credits of a movie. Oh, gotcha. And it's just like, it would be perfect for it. I don't like the songs, but that to me, when as soon as I hear it, I could just like, it's the end of a 90s movie, credits roll, and then that song fucking plays. So. Yeah, yeah. And it was a single, so it could have... Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't have, be surprised if yeah. it was... It was the only single off something. and then didn't chart. No. <laughs> Oh, no, it wasn't the only single. No, was uh, Love is Dangerous was the other single, wasn't it? Yeah, Sky's the Limit, In the Back of My Mind. Oh, In the Back of My Mind. Oh, yeah. Uh, Save Me and Hard Feelings. Okay. Oh, Those wow. were all the singles released. Hard Feelings. I don't even remember what that one sounded like. <laughs> they, they all have the same yeah, tempo. Yeah, they kind of blend together. Yeah. Even though there's different, like, one song Christine sings, another song one of the guys sings. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of back and forth who does the vocals. Yeah, it goes around, but there's nothing... So there's differences that way, but there's no hard-hitting kind of heights. Blend. No, they blend together. And like it's you said, it's in terms of yeah, mediocre. And not say that's it. like it's not like a bad album in terms like some of the ones that we've listened to that are just fucking terrible. No, again, it's just the, the, the media. musicianship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound. Yeah, the sound. The sound is good. Yeah, but yeah. it's just it doesn't offer anything musically or compared to like what these guys have done in the past and yeah. who they are. This is yeah. This is a shadow of their former yeah, selves. That's exactly it. It's, it's yeah. over. And I think that's why it feels so out of time is because it's just, it's, it's over and they yeah. just haven't caught on to that idea yeah. yet. <laughs> Guys, go do something else for a while. Go continue fucking over Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> uh, behind the Mask. Fleetwood Mac. Oh, wait. I'm going to go, actually, before I go through that, uh, album out of time. Worst album I've heard so far. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I do want to mention real quick. One thing I want to talk about, which always kind of boggled the mind, because this has been in the collection, obviously, since 1990, and I've definitely seen this cover in there. And I shit you not, I thought it was like a, a singles uh, cover, like a single or like a special, a weird special edition with like two songs on or something. Because this cover in 1990 was actually nominated for Best Al Album Package. Yeah, that surprised me when we figured that out it's kind of fucking terrible package yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand what the band's what... not even on the front cover well they asked not to be yeah true but they're like we don't want to be on the front cover no more yeah, so <laughs> so they did this painting but it All just love is lost it just looks like a, a cheapo like a best of package or because it's like a cheap countertop like a whatever i forget what that's called marble? It's, well it's not marble it's that fake tacky Linoleum? shit yeah whatever no Lin no i don't like it it's just an ugly cover, and I can't believe it was nominated for a Grammy. Oh, definitely. And even on the back, that was I agree. one of the things that we laughed about the most right away was the picture on the back. It's the picture of the band. None of them want to be there. None of them are happy. They're they're just like no one's smiling. They're looking off in different so directions. Yes, Stevie Nicks is like she's just like man. She's, she's moved are we on done? To her solo yeah. career. Can I can I go now? <laughs> Fuck man, I got other things to do. Fleetwood Mac. So anyways, I, well, yeah, so the, the cover in this one is one of those ones where I actually think it's really gross. I don't like that cover at all, and I thought that as a kid. It's just like, there's so many great covers in that collection, and then you have... Oh, yeah. It looks like a bathroom floor. Yeah. In an old hotel in Vegas. <laughs> uh, behind the Mask, Fleetwood Mac, Warner Brothers Catalog, W126111, Canada 1990, this is the Club Edition. And if you're wondering, the club edition means it's just, it was Columbia House's edition of, so the club was Columbia House. So right. that's how we got it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I was assuming. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, which is funny because why, if that's the case, why didn't she order more? Uh, condition, that's how I got my CDs. Condition, uh, cover, very good. I guess I shouldn't put it down yet. I've already moved on from it. The cover, <laughs> the cover is very good. The sleeve is original with uh, printed lyrics, which is also in good condition. The vinyl is like new, obviously. 
<laughs> audio, uh, we talked about it. Actually, the audio is quite solid. I thought the audio sounded very good, a good mix. Yeah. Everything, yeah. you hear the voices, yeah. everything's where it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, a bit more of a modern mix. So it's Everybody's kinda, doing their perfect thing. I'm putting it down anyway. It kind of makes me sad. I'm putting it over there. So that's that's fine. That's that's going for it. It's great. Sounds sounds great. It's just the music that sucks. Uh, art direction by Jerry Hayden. Hayden. Photography by Dave Gorton. Uh, so Jerry, an American graphic designer, art director with 488 visual credits. First time on the show. She's worked with Madonna, Bee Gees, and Aha. I can't believe with, once again, it always surprises me as we get close to the end when somebody has four, almost 500 credits. That's always the first time they popped yeah, up. It's yeah. kind of mind-blowing considering. Yeah, and considering that she's done such epic uh, album covers just yeah. from the bands that you. Yeah, and I think in this case with her, it's because her career started like closer to the 80s. Because like this this album's from nine ninety, so yeah. like I think just because this album or this this collection here do, doesn't kind of this is the oldest one in here, so kind of stops at like eighty eight ninety, so and her career was just kind of getting started then, so that's kind of why I think it's, it's just the bulk of her career has missed the bulk of the collection, but still yeah it's weird. Um, let me sit here. Some bubbly water. It's called pop water. Yeah. It's not bubbly like the fucking brand. It's just... That's no, like, it's just... Just bubbles. Bubbles, yeah. Carbonated water. And Dave, American photojournalist, former chief photog for the Philly Inquirer, uh, 12 credits, first time on the show. His other incred credits include Patty Loveless, Waylon and Willie, and Texas Tornadoes. And that is it for me. All right. So Discogs, it gets rated 3.73 out of 5 with 11 people rating. Mm -hmm. Resale value, $7.13. $12.70 and $20.10. Anybody wants it, it's perfect condition. 20 bucks, you got it. There you go. It's yours. Sold. <laughs> Sold to the person with the 20 bucks. Uh, what are you giving it? I give it a... Three. A three? You're giving it a good review? Okay. All right. You much. Wow. Huh. Three. Told me to stick to my guns. Uh, of course, I always want you. To, I don't want you to change it because I'm not. I hated it. I gave it a one point five. Three. No, just uh, sorry, not one point five. One out of five. Okay. I apologize. That's all right. Um, sounds good, but the rest of it is absolute adult contemporary garbage. So. Oh wow, that but it gets almost a four. Okay. So that one's done. On to next up. Next. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and. Edgar Winter's White Trash. Edgar Winter is an American musician. His success peaked in the 70s with his band, the Edgar Winter Group. For this album, though, he put together a band and called it White, White Trash. Composed of musicians from Texas and Louisiana, the album was released in 1971. It reached 111 on the charts. Okay. Produced a single, Keep Playing That Rock and Roll which went to number 70 on the Billboard 100. The album was prepped for quadraphonic sound, but was left unreleased in this format. Hmm, I bet that would have been fucking cool. Yeah. The album reached number 82 in Canada. So, Canada has good taste in music. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to list off the musicians because I couldn't find any real information about... So, all the musicians that are on this album are I'm going to list here. Yeah. And it's a big list. Yeah, that's a huge list. <laughs> so we got Edgar Wright, organ, piano. Edgar uh, Wright? Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. <laughs> I just saw the death of yeah. Edgar Wright would be uh, yeah. interested to know that he played with Edgar Winter. <laughs> He's playing Edgar Winter in the Edgar Winter biopic. <laughs> Directed by Edgar Wright. <laughs> with his white wig. Yeah. Edgar Wright's white wig. Oh, white wig. Oh, Jesus. I can't even say it. <laughs> okay. Uh, he played organ, piano, celeste, keyboards, sax, and vocals. Rick Derringer yeah. uh, produced guitar, or produced. <laughs> produced. He did, but he played guitars and vocals on this album. Mm -hmm. Johnny Winter, guitar, harmonica, vocals. Floyd Radford, guitar. George Sheck, bass. Jerry Lacroix, harmonica, sax, and vocals. Uh, John, Sa uh, John Smith, tenor, sax. Wow, my mouth is not working. It happens. Yeah, to me a lot. Uh, Tilly Lawrence, uh, lead trumpet and vocals. I didn't know there was such a thing as a lead trumpet. Now you do, because someone's got to lead. 
Uh, Mike McClellan, trumpet vocals. Uh, Bobby Ramirez on drums. Ray Barreto, uh, a conductor, and you'll find out why in a minute. And we played the Congos. So the next up we have George Ricci, Alfred Brown, Arnold Edas, Gene Orloff, Emmanuel Green, and Mike Polakoff and Russell Savkis on strings. Those are all strings, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Eileen Gilbert was a conductor, and she also sang vocals, but also uh, Carl Hull, Albertine Robinson, Tasha Thomas, Janice Bell, Maritha Stewart, Patti Smith. Uh, they were all on vocals. Well, vocal backing vocals. And there's a lot of backing vocals. Probably like vocals. The, the choir, the choir kind of stuff, yeah, or yeah. not choir, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> it credits Patti Smith with poetry. Hmm. I don't know how that comes in. And they also have somebody named Stephen Paul. They call him their organic director. Stephen Paul's the organic director. So I think either they're, he's directing the organ, or they have a weird thing, or he's like the weed the weed guy. The weed guy. Uh-huh. That's just like a joke, an in-joke in organic director. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Brings the weed, the weed and the cocaines. The producer on this album, Rick Derringer, as I mentioned, 161. Producing credits to his name, Johnny Winter. A lot of Weird Al. Yeah. A lot of it. And his own solo stuff. Track listing on this album. Give It Everything You Got. Fly Away. Where Would I Be? Let's Get It On. I've Got News For You. Side B. Save the Planet. Dying to Live. Keep Playing That Rock and Roll. You Were My Light. And Good Morning Music. Runtime, 43 minutes, 28 seconds. For uh, context, the album before this was uh, Edgar Winter's solo project called Entrance, and the after is an album called Roadwork, released in 1972, uh, with that he did with White Trash. I think he did three albums with White Trash. Yeah. And funny, Roadwork went gold in the U.S. Yeah, like I said, because that was the one with rock and roll, Hoochie Coo, and... Um, it had another, I think it had another, kind of another sort of side hit, or B-side kind of thing, but uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise. This one kind of laid the foundation. What did you think? <clears throat> I thought this, <laughs> this album, I, I was talking to you when we were writing our stuff. Um, we used to, my dad's a jazz musician, mm-hmm. and he used to play a lot in the bars in Windsor and... Uh, southern Ontario, yeah. Yeah, Southern Ontario. And uh, it reminded me so much of... The jam sessions that we used to go to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To watch him play and to hear him play. Um, There's a few like that, too. And it's just kind of to go with what you're saying here is that we kind of didn't really have any. I mean, we kind of, I thought, you know, it was going to be like a blues rock album. We'll have yeah. the Edgar, Edgar Winter or whatever. Yeah. We kind of know Rock and Roll Kuchiku or whatever. But um, I don't think we had any real expectations. But when we put it on there, it was just like, whoa, holy shit. Because he just, like, just start out just, like, belting it out. Like, fucking screaming. But, like, in the best way. Because it opens with this, like, funkin' R&B song, essentially. It's just, like, this heavy, funky, uh, funky R&B mix with, like, this blues elements. And it's just like, what? And then <clears throat> the album from there, it doesn't stop. It doesn't just sit, that's what the album is. No, it's got a whole Until bunch. Until almost the end of the second side. Yeah. Then oh, it kind of slows down. It slows the last two songs. Yeah, yes, I yeah. agree. Are slower. Yeah, because yeah. it's it kind of the album overall. Let's say it starts out, you know, kind of the faster, heavier, and then kind of slowly goes down. As I mean, I know they say down as in bad. It just it just progressively gets a tiny bit slower towards yeah, the yeah. end. Yeah, it, yeah. He's, it takes his foot off the gas pedal. Yeah. So you kind of start out almost at right at the top. Um, yeah. There's there's a few, and then like you said, you get into like these gospel. There's a couple of like Save the Planet and. Fly Away both have these really strong gospel elements. And then you have... And that's uh, where all the, the backing vocals... The backing vocals, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, and yeah. they're belting it out. And there's some... So we have string sections, and we have all these vocal, like all yeah, of these you have this, that. backup vocals and stuff. And then there's one song, uh, oh, what was it, the one he did, uh, uh, Dying to Live. And then it's just him, essentially, like with a piano. He's got... Such a good fucking voice, man. It's Edgar Winter's got such an underrated voice. It's unbelievable. And then whoever the other guy is doing the scream singing, he's fantastic. Uh, that's the LaCroix guy. <laughs> yeah, he's La- really, LaCroix. that's really good, man. And I gotta say, too, J- like... Jerry LaCroix. 
the mix is a bit weird on this because I found the first song or two was kind of muddy a little bit, but by the time you get to the third song where there's like a where the horns really kick in, then from there on the rest of the album, I found this, the mix to be like fantastic, wide and open. Where the first two songs were kind of muddy, but at the same time, like the fucking bass playing on the very first song, uh, <laughs> give it, get it, everything you got is fucking great. It not only is it like the song is bass driven and it's like the first thing out of the speakers, but it's distorted it's got this fuzz to it that sounds amazing yeah i loved it i really yeah, did yeah and then the drumming in uh let's let's get it on the drumming and let's get it on man that the drummer is just fucking kicking the shit out of his drums <laughs> and he's doing it about as fast as a single kick could go on a single kick <laughs> <laughs> i bet he really wish he had a double kick because he's just hammering that thing so yeah no i really i really liked it and like you said there's so many layers because you have all the background singers. You have the fucking horns and the strings. Like, you have all this going on. But it never seems overwhelming. It's really it's, it's really well mixed. It's really good. And it's, like you said, we talked about it. It's a variety. And for me, it's uh, a Sunday or a rainy day album. Yeah. It's, a, it's an album you throw on and it's going to fill up the sound. The sound's going to fill up the apartment or the house or whatever. And you don't have to worry about anything. It's going to be... There's going to be a little bit of everything. It's never going to be boring. And then you just leave it on, not, not worry about it and have a good time. So Yeah, yeah. I kind of, um, I wrote that it was fun. Fun, yes. Like, high, mostly high they energy. They sounded like they were having fun. Yeah. And it was fun to listen to because well, and that it kind was of goes, just so. And that goes back to what you were saying about your dad yeah. and, and the jamming. Because that's, you know, this is what you said. It's just like, sounds like they're having so much fucking fun yeah, doing yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> so you could tell. And, and that kind of lends itself to the album being really good too. Yeah. Um, I said it's part blues, part revival, part rock, part funk. Yep. There's just so oh, many aspects to lots it. Lots of funk elements. I've got new. I've got news for you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the vocals of the guy singing yes. that song. I don't know whether it's Edgar or the Jerry. Yeah, yeah. But holy crap, that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, save the planet. That's oh, like, that's funny because it, I mean, it's like a revival. I, I, I just want to say, I, I, I said vocals, dude could belt it out. I've got news for you. <laughs> that was the example, too. So yeah. that's funny that you said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote wow in yeah. big red letters because it was just so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, there's one thing I will say about the only kind of like weak thing I think about it is it's, I wish they would go and do a remaster and it picks up the clean up that sound a bit more and it just open it up a bit yeah i think because it, it sounds a little bit dated in that regard even the spotify version where we end up listening to it it sounds it sounds like it's from the early 70s and i wish they would go in and, and fix it up because there's some yeah some funky shit going down yeah this was the only album out of the three that i thought was going to be interesting and it did not disappoint didn't disappoint yeah, yeah. i and like i said i really had no real i didn't have any expectations going into it so it's just like we'll just let it happen and yeah, it was just, ah, such a nice surprise, man. And just have so much variety after having Fleetwood backs almost an hour long of the same song. Yeah. <laughs> and then coming to this, and it's just like the first track is just like that thumping fuzzy bass and just some dude screaming. It's like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I'll let you talk about the record condition when you get to it. Yeah, yeah. That's well, actually, if you're done talking, I'll kind of yeah, get on yeah, with it now. I'm okay, done. so yeah. Edgar Winter's White Trash. It's well, Edgar Winter's White Trash. It's self titled. Epic Records, catalog E30512, Canada, 1971. This is an original pressing. Condition, uh, poor. Very, very fucking poor. The cover's poor. It's broken. It, you, there's no spine readings here. It's The album's popped through the bottom. This this is an People used and listened to this album, took this shit to parties. This is, this is a well-traveled album. Yeah, there's a lot of scuff on the... Uh... The album covers itself. Usually it's just a ring. Yeah, but no, it's this just is... the entire cover is scuffed. <laughs> it's just one big wear. Um, the sleeve, there is none. It's just raw dog in it in there. And the vinyl, um, because of, partly because of that, is in poor condition. Which is weird. It is fucked up, but it never skipped. It, it popped and hissed and it sounded kind of gross. Well, when you were cleaning it, you were like, I don't know. Yeah, I actually I took out a think, different... Yeah. I don't think we're going to be able to play this one. Yep. And if... Fucking ironically, it didn't skip once. Thankfully. Uh, and it, yeah, no, I agree with you. Thankfully, like it just it, it is worn out, and I think beyond this, it would probably go in the trash. But I would replace it. Yeah. Um, because I would I wouldn't run that needle over that again and again and again. Yeah, there should yeah. be no point to it. Uh, I could go check Tidal and see if they have a nice copy of it there. Yeah. 
Um, well, physical physical media. We'll go buy some vinyl. We'll, we'll go to the fucking record shops and find a copy of it somewhere. So. Yeah. And the audio, we've talked about it. Uh, the audio on on the vinyl, in particular, buried under pops and hisses and, and snow and static, just because it's in rough shape. But like I said, it didn't skip, which is wild to me. Because we've had albums skip with just like a tiny little piece of dust on it before. They're like fucking new. Um, cover design by Richard Mantell. And photography by Alan McWeenie. And no, it's exactly how you think it's spelled. <laughs> Alan McWeenie. Can you imagine going through life with that name? <laughs> no, McWeenie. <laughs> oh no, I would change it. He'd, I don't want to be McWeenie. <laughs> he'd probably get called, get got called Weenie a lot. <laughs> oh man, poor guy. Anyway. Rich, a visual artist with 290 credits. First time on the show. His other credits include uh, Redbone, John Prine, and Alvin Bishop. So we've had uh, John Prine and Alvin Bishop on the show, so it's always weird when we get those. Uh... So Alan. Oh, yeah, because two different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. John Prine's country. Alvin Bishop. Well, Alvin Bishop's Redbone kind is of pop. And Redbone is rock, rock pop. Yeah, so, so there you go. It's a bit of a... I mean, and like honestly, if you go and look at those other credits, it's even more than that because there's a bunch of orchestra stuff in there as well. And uh, so, Alan, Irish photog with 73 credits, first time on the show. His other credits include Spirit, Todd Rud- Rudgren, and Foghat. Um, and that's that's it for me. There really wasn't a lot of information on this one. Yeah, there wasn't. It was kind of twitchy. Yeah. Um, Discogs, it gets rated 4.33 out of 5 with 9 people rating. Mm-hmm. Resale value on this album, $3, $8.95, and $10.72. No. Well, I gave it a 4. I gave it a 4 as well. Yeah, this is a great... If anybody out there, it's on Spotify. Go Edgar, Win- Edgar Winter's White Trash. And honestly, it's a, it's a great way to get it. If you've never heard Edgar Winter before or you're kind of like passively familiar with it, Go check it out. It's a great starting point. Yeah, I was gonna. I was contemplating giving it five actually, but those last two songs. It slows it just a little it, yeah. too much at the end. Yeah. I agree. Otherwise, I was thinking five. Too, I was like, oh, at one point, I'm like, fuck, man. But the last. I mean, for me, the five's worth it just for I've got news for you. Yeah. <laughs> really. But anyways, but yeah, I know. I, 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 I agree. Those last. It does slow a little too five. much right at the end. It's just yeah. like you. It loses a little too much of its momentum. Yeah. It just. Psh, yep. Sticks a, bl- a pin in your balloon. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we're done. Okay. Speaking of which, Edgar... I'm not finished yet. <laughs> I'm finished. I'm, it's finished. <laughs> okay. So that's it. So that okay. Edgar Winter down. Edgar writes Edgar Winter's white trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should tweet at him about you that. <laughs> um. So third album up, Ian Dury, New Boots and Panties. So this is the third album, technically, that we've uh, reviewed for... Oh, just the third. I thought it was more. It no, seemed like, seems like so much more. Uh, the other two albums, he was with his band called The Blockheads. This <sighs> is just him. Yeah, see, I think the band he's... I think the band... <laughs> I think the band here is still The Blockheads, and it was after this album that they just named him. It became Ian okay. and The Blockheads. All right. Uh, they, they argue about how how what specifically came about... Oh, hold on a sec. Okay, so we got lots of noises and beeping I'm and like, boopings. we're not expecting packages today. That was the front door again. That was the front door? And yeah. We, and they called upstairs I, to her first. Oh, sorry to everybody on the show. Sorry, weird things are going down here again. I started shutting my phone off because we had the doorbell go off during yeah, our Last recording. episode, yeah. But this time I thought, ah, we got nothing coming today. <laughs> sure enough. Universe. Okay. So this is the 30 and Dury album that we've done. Uh, we also did Do It Yourself from 1979 in episode 77. And we did 1981's album Laughter uh, in episode 91. Yeah. Okay. So this is the first, one of the first times that we're doing all of the albums in order. Holy shit, this is in order? This is, this is his first album. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So we've done like now. The, now we've covered the first, first three two, albums. three. Inter- yeah, okay, we've gotcha. Done his yeah, first yeah, yeah, three yeah. albums, which okay. we usually just kind of just jumped all over. Yeah, all over. Totally, but yeah. we did his first three, and he did nine altogether, I think. Oof. Yeah, because I said six more albums. Yeah. Okay, so Ian Dury was a British singer, songwriter, and actor who rose to fame during the late seventies, during the punk new wave era of rock music. Mm-hmm. New Boots and Panties is the debut album by Ian Dury, released in nineteen seventy-seven. 
It covers a diverse range of musical styles, which reflect Dury's influences and background of pub rock, Pop funk, rock. yeah, funk, uh, I think disco, like... British music hall, and early rock and roll. Yeah, uh, consists mostly of love songs and character-based stories based on the working-class people of the East End and Essex Estuary areas where he grew up. Widely considered to be his best album hmm. of his career. I fucking agree. It's also his biggest selling, having certified platinum in the UK. Oh, wow. Selling 300,000 copies. Well, that's very solid. This is the surprising part. The album's... Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> the album's single uh, was called Sweet Jean Vincent, and it failed to chart. So New Boots and Panties was among the UK's top 30 best-selling albums of both 78 and 79. Oh, wow. Huh. That's the surprise. Oh, part. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, it peaked at number five in the UK album charts. Uh, the album's title comes from Jury's habit of buying clothes at the secondhand stores and refers to the only two items he insisted on buying new. Oh, okay. Panties and boots. Producer on this album, uh, Peter Jenner. Oh, there's three of them. I know I need three for this album, but there you go. So Peter Jenner with 108 uh, producing credits to his name. Uh, Ian Drury and Sid Barrett. Oh. Laurie Latham, 292 producing credits. Echo and the Bunnyman, Squeeze, The Police, and The Stranglers. And I laughed when I wrote down Squeeze because yesterday I discovered a song by them that I love. Oh, okay. And moved it to my, my, uh, my playlist. Uh, Rick Walton, 34 producing credits. Nothing much other than mid-year. Track listing, Wake Up and Make Love With Me, Sweet Jean Vincent, the single, I'm Partial to Your Abracadabra, My Old Man, and Biller K. Dickey. Side B, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, Clever Trevor, uh, If I Was a Woman, Blockheads, Playstyle Patricia, Blackmail Man. 37 minutes, 20 seconds runtime. So for context, this was his debut album, and his after was Do It Yourself, which we've already reviewed, yep. and uh, that was released in 1979. Huh. Well, I, I agree that it's his best album. Even out of the three that we've listened to now, like, we're not fans of this guy at all, but this is not a bad album. Oh, no. In fact, when you pulled it out of the collection, I refused to listen to it. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm not listening to this shit I'm no more. I'm not listening to it. Nope, nope, But, nope. um... But it's not bad, and in fact, I almost kind of wish we would have started with this one first, because then we wouldn't have had such a bad... Not Taste a... in our mouth. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a couple of songs I had played while we were doing this, I wouldn't listen to the whole thing again, but I, I kind of like Blockheads. I think it's a kind of a good song. And Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll is this big hit off there, which also was not too bad. I can't remember which one that starts off with, like, calling everybody cunts, but <laughs> I like that one, kind of. Well, and it's funny because when we were when we first dropped the needle on it, I even said to you like partway through the first side, yeah, this is much better Way than better. the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the other two, we each gave one star to. Yeah, them. I wouldn't. I'm not going to do that with this one. And, no, me neither. Um, um, and you like the first side more, and I like the second side more. I like the second side more where he was more like singing, like scream singing. As opposed to just mumble talking his the way through. The first time must have been the love songs. Yes, yeah, more of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I and that's the other thing too about his lyrics. I kind of hated some of them. I hated it in the other ones because they're yeah. really dopey. And he shit. wrote all this stuff too. But yeah, this this stuff was way better. Yeah. In terms of like the way it's written, and uh, I like that he actually kinds of gives uh, the second side has a little more of the punk vibe to yeah. it. So I, I kind of dig that. Like I said, and uh, musicianship again, I thought was fucking excellent on this yeah. one. So. Yeah, there's, there's things going yeah, on. Yeah, it was a it was a much more pleasant experience. Yeah, and it doesn't uh, listening to this album. And you said it was how long? Thirty-seven twenty. Thirty-seven twenty. Yeah. That's way better to yeah. instead of fifty-two minutes. Fleetwood <laughs> Mac. So yeah, like I said, it was it was a nice improvement. Um, the best of the albums. I'm just looking here. Uh, yeah, I've said, I've said everything. Okay, so anything else to add there? Nope. In your notes, so no new boots and panties. Ian Dury. Stiff Records, catalog STF0002. Oh. oh, my God. First of all, I'm going to say, you've got to love the title. 
New Boots and Panties. New and Panties. Stiff Records, stiff really? Re yeah, Stiff Records. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, actually, this is, they had, Stiff Records at this point had uh, Elvis Costello and, shit, there was one other band. Uh, they didn't have very many. That's why he's 0002. Because <laughs> there wasn't many uh, Stiff Records at this time. And in fact, I think they were talking about, we were watching this documentary on HBO. It was about A&M Records. And I think they actually mentioned Stiff Records once and they were talking about Yeah, it when they were branching the off into the UK. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is the yeah, this is Stiff Records. Yeah, so Which is weird to... that pop sorry, I'm gonna say it again, it popped up again where we hadn't heard of it before, but we watched a documentary and it's like, Oh, there's Stiff Records and they're talking about all these artists that we were covering. So mm -hmm. it's just just weird how that kinda Yeah, and do you wanna just talk briefly about that HBO special? <laughs> yeah, sure. <clears throat> Um, yeah, you really, we both really enjoyed it. Because you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, it's on HBO right now. Yep. And it's called Mr. A and Mr. M. Yep. And it was a, it's just a two-part series, what, about an hour and a half each? An hour and a half each? No. I'd say probably like 52 minutes a piece. Oh, really? They yeah, so longer. It was under, it's under two hours for the whole thing. Okay. A really excellent uh, two-part series. If right, you're the, interested in yeah. music... It's worth a watch. The Rise and Fall of A&M. Yeah. Herb Alpert and I can't remember the other guy's Moss. name. Probably Moss. I know. I, I should, Jerry, Jerry Moss. Moss. Yeah, yeah. There he goes. Yeah. And it's really interesting. It talks they, about how it got started, the history of it. Why the, they want to start it. The musicians that yeah. they uh, brought on board, how they expanded. And just their great friendship throughout the whole thing. And it really reminds me, and we talked about this for watching it, it really reminded me of the documentary Wash and Sub Pop. Yeah. Sub Pop, yeah. which is the record label out of Seattle, and how it was it was very much created to go against the big corporate bullshit that yeah. was going on and to allow an artist to actually make their own music without interference and to promote them. So, it, it, oh, fuck, it's so similar. Yeah. I mean, Sub Pop lasted way uh, way shorter, but it's very similar. And, and then the diff, the impact that they made and the artists and shit, yeah, it's, it's very yeah, good. Yeah, and it was very a very nostalgic watching for me. Yes, for lots of reasons. because it starts just, off just the because um, some of the bands. Well, Herb, Herb himself, he he's yeah. into the into he was a Herb Alpert, Tijuana yeah, Brass. Yeah, exactly. And that's how A and M started with the Tijuana Brass stuff, yeah. which you were a huge fan of. Yeah, and then the other uh, Latino guy, Tito Puente. No, oh. <laughs> he's another. Uh, he's another one that I listened to. My dad, like I said, my dad was is a jazz musician. Was a jazz musician. And I grew up on all, Herb Alpert All music. that stuff, all the horns um, and the big band stuff. Brazil 66. Oh, Brazil 66, uh, yeah. I can't think of the guy's name who started it. Sergio Mendes. Yeah, okay, there Sergio you go. Sergio Mendes and Brazil it. 66. <laughs> um, and those are all like from my childhood and I got so Yeah, because you're like every album, every that. album they talked about at the beginning of the thing, you're like, oh, I fucking had that, I fucking had yeah, that. Yeah, we had that album, I yeah. listened to it all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very great uh it's a really good one so go watch it if you like music if, and if you have hbo and if you have hbo yeah i it's definitely it's called mr a and mr m no, definitely recommended yeah okay okay so where we you may as well start at the top again okay that's right because i was talking about stiff, stiff records, records catalog canada 1978 it's original and it says it's an extra track and i haven't figured out if there's an extra track in the run out or if it was an extra track because ian dury at the time didn't want the singles to be on the initial release. So actually, Sex Sweet. and Drugs and Rock and Roll wasn't on the initial release in the UK of this album. But that wasn't the single. What was the single? The single was Sweet, Gene Vincent. Okay, so that, that was, that was an, there was another one. That was the other one that wasn't on there. So they removed those two songs because he didn't want those two songs on the album as well. I don't get that logic. but So now we have the back on there. So I wonder if that's what they mean by extra track, is that they put those two tracks back on there. Yeah. And I actually meant to quickly, while everybody's sitting here waiting for him. Oh, yeah, there is an extra track just before the run out. Okay. So that's that must be what that is then. So, interesting. Yeah. Extra track. Yeah, it is interesting. So, yeah. Um, see, um, cover is kind of actually poorish. Uh, the spine's not readable. It's worn and broken. And the bottom is also on its way out as well. Which is not surprising. It probably got lots of play. Uh, the sleeve, plain paper. The vinyl's in medium uh, condition. This is funny. This, this one's in medium. The last one was in poor. This one skipped. I had to fucking get up to unskip this one. Uh, scratches and scuffs. Wasn't uh, it just before the end? Like, 
on the second side. It was on the second side. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was kind of a, a weird, you know, kind of a weird spot. Yeah, I gotta but, get you uh, a poking stick. Yeah, well, stays are over now. <laughs> so you don't have to get up and. <laughs> just need like a solid, like a uh, one of those Nerf guns that's just got a little bit of mass to it, so I could just shoot at it from. <laughs> just to give it enough of a. Yeah, drive. just enough enough of a nudge. Uh, the audio we talked about is a solid mix. Actually, the, I thought it sounded really good. Photography by Chris Gabrin. Chris, a UK photog, 109 credits. Uh, first in the show, other credits include The Buzzcocks, The Stranglers, and Elvis Costello. And that is it for me. All right. So Discogs gives it four to five out of, uh, four out of five, yeah. with 39 people rating it. Resale value on this album, 449, 803, and 1541. Hmm. I gave it a three out of five. And it's funny because I I have two written down here. I would give it yeah I give it two point five, but we, since we can't do that, but I could be talking to a three. Well, it will be a three in the uh, database. Yeah. Because I can't give it halves. Yeah. So I always go up. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, like sure. I said, uh, it was it was a bit of a surprise, and I bet if we had listened to, not necessarily the whole album again, but like like I had done before while sitting here, just a few songs here and there, it, it's fine. Yeah. 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 I don't think it. Uh, doesn't get the hate that the other ones got. Man, I remember the first time we listened to it. We were just like fucking angry. <laughs> okay. Oh, just the thought of it for me. Was yeah, it's like, just like, no. no I'm, okay, well, I'm going to find some Vassar Clements. I'm not listening. Where's my phone? Buddy Spitcher's coming. I'm tuning out. Do, 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 do. <laughs> hey, this ain't so bad. Get you some fiddle playing. <laughs> no, it's quite Okay, right. so. Uh, best of three? Best of three. So uh, I, I, I think we all know the answer to this one. Yeah. It's going to be a. Edgar Wright's Edgar Winters <laughs> White Trash. <laughs> it's just a tongue twister, man. Uh, yeah, so there you go. So stay tuned. We got an, at least more, like, of the the main collection coming at you. At least one more. And then we'll do some uh, scraggly bits. And then we'll go from there. So it's not totally done. We're just well, this we section. Well, the next step Yeah, this yeah. section of the original and inherited collection is, is winding down here. So Yeah, and like I at the beginning I'm, I'm really kind of sad about it because oh for sure we've discovered so much fucking good music in here we have learned a lot i was gonna so say just much just just about music in general yeah i mean how could you not going through the research and, and learning about how interconnected a lot of this industry is and like the fucking session musicians who play at all these albums the people who design the, the, the cover the artists yeah the cover artists for sure Hypnosis, one of the I greatest. I had no idea that hypnosis was anything of anything. <laughs> and here I now know that they're yeah, one like of the most the, fabulous the greatest record houses in the world as far as design. Designing, yeah, man. They, they, they own the best. Some of the best, if not the best ones, for sure. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, there's. Yeah, we've had some really great experiences with <clears throat> this podcast. And discovering artists. Yeah. And, like, we're just pretty considering, uh, pretty cool considering this is from mostly the 70s. So, and, like, you know, we talked about... Yeah, we, didn't we think that the Fleetwood Mac was probably the... 1990. It's the newest one in the collection that that I have. we haven't bought. Like, yeah. I have one from a... I have a um, Russian Circles album in there, and I bought you um, Alan oh, John's John, Golden yeah. Brick Road. Yeah. Uh, Yellow, Yellow Brick Road. But other Road. than that, uh, this is 1990 is by far the newest. I think by, like, two years, so... Yeah, and our listen listenership has not been very strong, but we didn't care. Yeah, that's never been a no. It's never been never an been issue. I mean, it would be nice, but um, we've done this more for ourselves. This is, yeah, this, this has been definitely for us, and just like going through, and now we know we have a bunch of stuff we can do art projects with. We have a bunch of vinyl <laughs> to get rid of. Probably more more art projects than. I was going to say, lots of trips to garbage, <laughs> recycling, uh, and yard sales. There's going to be a bin of just please take these, and there's going to be some selling, and there's going to be uh, at least a couple cubbies that we end up just fucking keeping and yeah. probably replacing some. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been wild, and I have better confidence now going into if we're going to go to a used vinyl store. I know way more about what I'm looking at than I would have before. Yeah, I mean, oh, totally. So it would be way easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Very interesting stuff, so stay tuned. We're not really gone anywhere. Oh my god, the phone's doing this thing again. It opens the calendar. It's so odd. Ah, weird. Okay, anyways, <laughs> thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.